welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Cannon Fodder. My name's Joe O'Brien. And I'm Troy, the Stork Lavalley. The Stork. I bring babies to my PC. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. You get them all kinds of responsibilities yep. that they got to deal with. I don't want you guys out there in GCP Nation getting too spoiled. But once again, we got the whole crew in the house. Look oh, at this. Wow. What? <laughs> wow. What? And by in the house, of course, I mean the attic. I mean the recording studio. Yeah, man. GCP. And as Skid said last time, it is much easier to get us all together here to do fodder. So this is awesome. This is great. I like it, too. (laughs) (laughs) I hope everybody is having a happy new year. We're getting into 2018 now. Lork is an elf. Things things are changing. <laughs> the world's changing, Joe. The world is changing new around year, us. New year, new you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I want to jump right into it this time because, as always, we're a little pressed for time. Everybody's got places to go and things to do. <laughs> Who are we kidding? Just Matthew has to leave. Matthew has somewhere to be, and we want him to be here, so we're going we're gonna to get right to the business. And actually, we're going to do something a little different this week because I thought we had a great listener mail on deck, and rather than recapping the whole episode, I want to frame it around the question that we got in listener mail, which I think is a really great question. And we'll talk about it roundtable style. And in in the course of that, we'll end up covering some of the things that happened this week, because this week, episode 137 is is a lot of PC backstory stuff that's Mm. really blooming and coming to life and changing. Mm. unexpectedly, right in the player's uh, face, without them realizing it, the GM, uh, Troy LaValle is his name. Yep. He, he made decisions <laughs> that were, were without consulting anybody. Yes. And, and that points to this week's question. So actually, right out of the gate, we're just doing it. Let's do a little mm. listener math. Hit the music. It's time all right, here we go with listener mail. This first. <laughs> this love, is, love that song. Love that music. <laughs> this is a first for us. And got to got to give a shout out to Sam in Santa Barbara, California, who, who wrote in with the idea. I think it's a great question. I think it is. It, there's little pieces of it that we've talked about before. But let's just throw it all out there on the table all together. All of us here have either GM'd or played in games where we have either manipulated character backstories or created back character backstories and all for APs. So I think we all have something to, to add into the mix in terms of this question. So Sam asks, how do you balance a player's original and perhaps current PC concept with the direction and needs of the adventure path? How much do you consult the player and how important is continuity. So another thing that he's kind of asking with that last question is, can you retcon a player's backstory? Is that real bad or is that okay? So uh, thinking of that and and that question, I'm going to start it off right out of the gate. I'm just going to put you on the spot, Skid, Hmm. and ask you, Pembroke came into this story late, right? He came into an AP that was already underway. You had already created a character for this campaign, and then you brought in Pembroke. Not as a GM, but as a player. Tell me, what were you thinking uh, when you created his backstory and how that would be inserted into an already existing adventure path? Well, I think, I mean, the first thing when creating any backstory is just to think of something uh, with an emotional hook, something that will motivate the 
character to do extraordinary things under strange circumstances, extreme circumstances. So there was that. But I also wanted to keep it. And remind me, what was that for Pembroke? What was that one thing? Pembroke, uh, so he had, he basically, well, there's a couple of things. Like he had a vision, a premonition of his own death. Uh, He knew it was imminent. He didn't know why or how, but he knew it was imminent. And he felt that kind of like, you know, he'd been an academic for some 40 years and kind of like Orson Welles said, you know, when he felt like he missed like a huge chunk of his career after, you know, Citizen Kane, Magnificent Ambersons, he said, basically, I sat down in an easy chair in Hollywood and when I got up, I was an old man. Mm. And I think that's kind of like how Pembroke felt. And his, mm. his mechanically, like, I think he was a much higher level wizard at one point in his life, but his skills have eroded you know, due to uh, disuse, you know, just sitting in that easy chair. And not adventuring. Not adventuring. And so um, I think he wanted to have one last chance to go out, see the things that he didn't get to see. He wanted to see the spire um, uh, and and go out and make a difference. You know, one last chance to do it. He felt like this is is his opportunity. And the thing I love about that story is that it fits into any story. You can so easily take a background that's just like, oh, I feel like I'm going to die soon. My bucket list is to adventure. So bring it on. Yeah. Whatever you have. It leaves it a little bit more open-ended. Yeah, it's open for Troy to have whatever input he wants. It's open to whatever direction the story ends up taking us. It can The details can be filled in along the way. I don't think that there's – I don't think that we'll have to, like, change everything. Like, we'll have to retcon anything. We just get to fill in details on the way. Troy, let me ask you, part of his question is about changing character backstories and do you consult the player? Now, this has happened with Grant in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't remember. I mean, it's sort of, it's happened with Lork. Mm -hmm. I mean, I came to you talking about having a son. I wanted this to be a critical part of my backstory. And then you killed the son, created a new character that this week you reveal is a daughter who he didn't know he had. Mm -hmm. How do you go about deciding when to change a character's backstory and what motivates that decision? I mean, I don't, I, for some reason, I don't think of it as changing it. I think of just like I'm, I'm adding to the story. Like I like backstories up front that tend to be not super filled out because it allows you to uh, paint with the GM more colors as time goes on. And they have this beautiful tapestry of a backstory by the time you finish the book. So in, in that case, like sometimes I'll go to the player and, and have a discussion with them that's very, very vague. Otherwise, other times I just kind of throw stuff at them. And I'm lucky that I have players at the table that are ready to like uh, bebop and scat with me and, and take things in new directions. You know, in the case of Baron uh, with the Ash Peak thing, there are definite reasons that I did this that are going to become apparent later on and it just it had to do with this the role that you were taking on as a leader of the group I wanted to really ground you in something different and look at what he was able to do with it with that whole back uh, the whole flashback that we have of him like putting his father to sleep so that's when that's yes and 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 that's wonderful when you can have that situation where you're, I'm not I'm not quite changing it but like what if this and so you come up with this idea to change his last name. Don't really consult him about it. But then, Grant, when this change comes, your backstory that came out in, in that, I can't remember what episode so number intro, that was, yeah. in, but it was a, the flashback intro of an episode. That was something new you created based on this change that Troy had made. Well, what I like to think now is that uh, the story of Baron's backstory about his parents being killed is essentially what he tells people because he is too ashamed to tell anyone he meets 
what he did to his parents right. and how he left from the five. I love mountains. that. I love See, that. And that is both. It is not retconning. Right. But it's also completely changing right. what your backstory, right, right. what you thought your backstory was when you started the adventure. Well, and part of the reason why I'm, I was totally okay with it changing and, and us working together. And I think yes, and really important in terms of always be thinking about that when you're role playing. But, um, it was also kind of, um, we're moving on to such grandiose creatures and fighting them that like a uh, a band of orcs that kind of killed his parents and finding them seems like kind of a level three adventure, not like a level 10 where we are now. And um, I think there's still plenty of room for intrigue and in, in what was set up in there in terms of what happened to all these other guns? Where are the plans for them? Like what kind of stuff could be unlocked there? There's a lot of intrigue left still. And what I like is that when he came to the table in episode one, he had this backstory. And in my mind, all of it happened. Do you know what I mean? What he said was a little bit different from uh, you know what happened with his parents. But he changed that later based on the changes I give. But like the life that Baron led when he came into episode one, he didn't know it was a false life. You know what I mean? He didn't know that until I threw the Ash Peak stuff in at the tomb of Nargrim Steelhand. And then again, when you see the Ash Peak uh, sigil at those caves. And then he took that and ran with it and back engineered his original. I mean, that's that's when you can really have fun with these characters. I think it's a lot more fun than yeah. just sticking with the same backstory you always had is changing it in a way that everything still is not being retconned. But you're giving it, shining a new light on it, making yeah. it seem very different. And also, you know, you could say that you had lied, like you said about your parents, that this is the lie that you tell people. I, I like that that concept, that idea. Matthew, you have brought in two, now three characters. Countless. Countless. <laughs> uh, Troy has something to say about it. <laughs> you have brought in countless ladies into this campaign that have been some of the most favorite characters on the podcast. Oh, and is part of that, I, I mean... Talk to us about your process for creating a backstory. When you know you're playing a pre-written adventure, what do you do to make that character interesting and to motivate them? Um, so for both, I mean, for for Gormley, it was kind of like a right place at the right time kind of thing that like, like she was there, right? She was at that moment and she had some sort of connection to the town. So that motivated her to kind of get on the path. And then the nice thing, I think this also speaks to what Skid was saying, is like if you leave it open to be like latch on to the characters, like that that has given both the, both Della and Gormley reason to continue on. Um, and then, you know, a sense of adventure also helps for sure. For Della, it was, you know, we that was a little bit challenging because we had to find a reason why she would be in the Vault of Thorns. Yes. Um, so that was, that, that had a really specific question to be answered first like how did she get there and then we got from there we, all right, we kind of, once we answered that question we kind of built back you know I remember Troy saying how deadly the Vault of Thorn was, was before we really got into it he was just like I'm reading this and it is deadly and he had us all have back backup characters ready mm-hmm. in the Vault of Thorns and I remember struggling with that exact question yeah. how do I have a character that's here that's in this multi-dimensional space <laughs> ready to go adventure yeah. it, it's, it's a challenge the other option I had was Druid like yeah. If Del, if it had if Del hadn't been a Megas, it was going to be a druid who had been had also like found a way of the Vault of Thorns for a similar reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like I th- I think also like finding a, if it's not going to have a direct correlation with the the grand adventure, I I tried to find a way that it would dovetail. So I mean, with Faraza, we connected it specifically to Pudir, right? And that way, like even though her she had different goals in mind that were motivating her, once you know she joined with the group, they kind of. Like coalesced. Also, like with a good character and an imminent giant threat, like they're going to sort of answer the call, right? 
Do you guys think, I'm just thinking about this as we're all talking, that in, in our adventure path, and I don't know how much this is in our other games, I'm trying to think about it on the fly here, but, you know, I think a lot of adventures and a lot of classic adventure stories are based around young people that are just setting out in the world and then they experience this great adventure and they are either a chosen one of some kind or they are just predestined like right fated, like the, yeah. yeah their destiny is to go on this adventure and accomplish this great task yet we seem to have put together a group of characters who are as they adventure more the new experiences seem to be less of changing their character as they go which does kind of happen obviously and in great and in really grand physical ways with with Lork's story but it's also consistently we are revealing shocking things of everyone's backstory that seems to be a common theme with this do you think that that is something that we are just we've just kind of naturally evolved to start doing over time i mean why don't we have a band of 18 year olds that are all out for adventure why do you think it, it kind of start it got to be this way I don't know, maybe because we're not 18 anymore. We're, yeah. we're old people. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Skid does look a day over 20. <laughs> well, I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of uh, Skid got me back into watching anime again with Attack on Titan. And they're Mostly always... tentacle porn. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Mostly. <laughs> no, but it's always a classroom of high school students or high school yeah. age kids. And that's because that's the audience it was appealing to. And, you yeah, know... If you look at, like, back at Robotech, like, Macross, like, Rick Hunter, like, the protagonist of the show, I think he's supposed to be 15. Right. You know, he's this, he's this like, robot captain. He's a, you know, he's a captain. He's a commander, I think. Yeah, right. Well, look at, Game of, look at Game of Thrones. Those characters are way younger than they... Uh, are cast yeah, the book. In the and that's show. a that's a medieval thing because like you know in, in medieval ages the, the people yeah, you'd be married people at came 13, of age you'd much be engaged at nine or ten yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. but the same thing happens with with Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder in that outside of us and there's more and more of us that are adults playing but a lot of them start in, in high school or in middle school and, and they can relate more closely to those ages I think I would love to have the challenge of bringing on a young PC and still having those aha moments of their have. backstory. Yeah, I we think did. it's possible. You totally can, but oh, it's yeah. just Della a different challenge. Ah, yes, but she was much older. But she she was wiser. effectively seventeen, but she had lived Spoilers. hundreds of years. Yes, wiser. <laughs> Spoilers. Well, yeah, but I mean, but, but that's a, but that's a really good point. Look at how much backstory was crammed into Della's early years. You know, yeah. the the, yeah. the Vault of Thorns passed almost without time, right? But before that. All the things that went down with her father and her mother and all that kind of stuff, th that backstory still lives. It still exists yeah. in this story. And and I, I feel like so much of the PC's backstories has motivated and shaped this adventure, even though it's pre-written. So one of his questions is, how do you resolve PC backstory ideas with adventure paths? I mean, Troy, is, is the Ash Peak thing, does that have anything to do with the adventure path? I guess you'll have to wait and find out. I mean, <laughs> oh, I was trying to sneak one in there. Uh, nice, nice, try. Try. nice try. You really shot high, but glo <laughs> glove save. <by> LaValle. <laughs> glove save and a beauty. Glove save and a beauty. LaValle in them. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think it's... I mean, I wonder. I can't be the first person that started doing this. Do you know what I mean? Like other people have been playing this game, logged way more hours than me. But just the 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 type of TV shows that I like to watch, very early on in Jade Region is when I came up with this idea to really tie in the backstories because I think it just grounds the characters so much more, and it never feels railroaded because you never know what's going to happen. Um, I think, and and it allows you to reveal things instead of revealing. Oh, uh, let me look at the paper here. Uh, you find a uh, statue of. Two 
two snakes having sex. You can instead... <laughs> Again with the tentacle form. <laughs> you can, You're really hung up on this drug. <laughs> I got it on the brain. <laughs> you, uh, you, can, you can reveal something mundane that has a real connection to the PCs. I, I just think it's the only way to play. But I don't know. I mean... I, it certainly makes things more fun for us. And as a listener of the show, uh, it allows you to listen to the AP in a way that if you've played it, certainly, or plan on playing it, um, you know, it, it gives such a fresh take on it. We're making it our own in a way. I mean, our, our, everyone's AP that they play is going to be, comp- is going to be different in significant ways from everyone else's. And a lot of that has to do. It starts with PC backstories. Yeah. Those yeah. are the things that are going to fundamentally change Adventure Pass. It is so then weird. to die, but it's it's just it's a it's so it's such an interesting thing because like an Adventure Path or a module is a script with no characters in it. Yeah, yeah, and no protagonist, uh, no, no protagonist, no protagonist. Like there, you you have to bring. It's like a Mad Libs or something. Like you have to bring them all in yourself. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. And what Skid brought up is why I'm so thrilled to finally finish an adventure path because I haven't finished Rune Lords. I haven't finished this Starfinder. Who knows? We'll all be dead before that's over. But <laughs> um, I just really want to go in and read the threads of people who play online or describe their game and like look at what they did. And I, I don't want to do it because I'm I can't do it now because I'm sure I'd find a spoiler somewhere. But like, be- well, Grant, you don't have to finish a campaign. All you have to do is GM one. You GM one, True. you can read those boards, and it's really an interesting way to see right. like what other games experience. You you can sort of change and and mold your game to to need ideas. And, and you guys, do you some guys, things were not planned; they were crazy circumstances that happened. But it unlocks ideas. It's a great thing to do. To Adventure read about Path other guys, do you guys ever look at like if you're like I'm not sure how this will play out? Will you ever see how other GMs played it before you run it, or do you look at it after? I do all the time. Oh, I look yeah. at it all the time. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Um, it's it's very helpful because sometimes they'll be like, this was really tough. And, and Lockmore, Edergon is a perfect example. They were like, this is a tough encounter. Um, and they gave some solutions, but I just was wanting you guys to split up and you did it naturally. And that helped me uh, kind of figure it out. But that's so helpful. As a GM, especially if you're playing older adventure paths, there's so much stuff already out there. Uh, yeah. You know, there's less stuff for your dead sons or your... Uh, you know, uh, Iron Fang invasion and whatnot, ruins of Ozlant skid. There's, there's just not as much stuff out there. But there's, there, you know, but yeah, every rise day of the rune lords, rune lords, forget it. That's why. That's one of the reasons, apart from the fact that it's just excellent, that I recommend Rise of the Rune Lords to people. Like, which, what should I play? Because there's so there is that much like material on it now. There's the secondary material. You have all that experience to draw on for people who've been playing it for you know 15 years or whatever it is yeah same thing goes if you want to try to get years. started by going out to pfs playing there and then maybe gming there i've been running disorganized play i go on the boards and there's gm discussions on all of these scenarios yeah and they talk about what worked well for their players what didn't work well and it it, it gives you a really good idea of what to expect because you want to try to prepare a little bit we gonna, did that sorry. with sorry no, we did that with um what was the what was the module we ran for the pathfinder scenario we ran at gen con for everybody, House of Harmonious Wisdom. House of Harmonious Wisdom. Mm. Good grant. That we like we like when cannon fodder cap. I ran it for you guys, and then immediately all I wanted to do was talk about like <laughs> the things that were weird or hard or right. challenging yeah, in yeah. GMing it. We yeah, kind of made our own board. Right. Uh, I wanted to kick, kick it back again to you, Troy, because there's uh, the big surprise here at the end of episode 137 is the reveal that Lork's daughter is out there. And we knew there was a trueborn child, dare I say heir to a poor half-orc. Uh, <laughs> there is a, an heir out there, but 
there, we, we assumed it was a sun. And you had said a, just a few cannon fodders ago that one of the main things you try to do is think about what the audience expects and then divert that expectation, do something different. You think right. of 10 ideas, the first 10 ideas you think of, you figure, well, people have already thought of those, so I have to do the 11th one. In this case, you have surprised us yet again, and is it something that you came up with later? Did you know at the time that you were that it was a daughter and that you were just sort of like throwing us off base? I'll tell you with right the now, view? I knew when I said it in episode 61, Misconnections, that it was a daughter. Are you, are you being serious? And then, and Dro, but Droja said son. Yeah. And said child. I uh, wasn't 100% sure. The myths. But that's why you said the myths the may mist. not always be true. I put that line in there on purpose. Just, and that should be something you should all be thinking about. That like how is what she said about me slightly off? Maybe slightly off. Maybe mm-hmm. slightly off. But yeah, I knew from when I was prepping 61. So would you agree that as a GM, uh, part of this question is do you consult your players in changing backstories? Don't you think it's part of your responsibility as a GM to surprise your players by changing their backstories? Within that's, reason, of course. That's my favorite part. I mean, of course, it's got to be within reason. Um, but like that that's my favorite part where no one – never show up to your first game with a 90-page backstory. It leaves no room for the GM or you to do anything with it. But if you show up with a, a skeleton and then over the time of the adventure you put the meat and uh, you know the organs in there and make it look like something together, then you're going to really have – something to play with so i mean to me i at that moment where i can surprise someone and then there and everyone at the table is like oh my god you know that's that's great and that's why i love tying personal backstories into the adventure path because how much surprise can you get from just encounter after encounter after right. encounter discovery 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 but if you could discover something about yourself in the next room and you know that that's always possible i mean to me that's edge of your seat uh, yeah. television yeah i uh played one game Personal will remain nameless, but they had a very entrenched backstory. And one aspect of their character was that they just didn't like anyone else in the adventuring party. And it was the worst character I've ever played. Because you try to talk to them and be like, hey, let's go over here and have. And they'd be like, no. I don't care for you. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what, what the hell? Talk about the this? opposite of yes and. Right? Yeah, right. totally. No, but. <laughs> that is technically the opposite. But I do, I do want to say, too, just on uh, retconning things. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it at all on the show, but I, I like Tolkien a lot. And um, <laughs> one of the Who things... Who you speak of? Uh, he was, he's an author. John uh, Tolkien. Obscure British author. <laughs> um, and uh, he, as a medievalist, like he had very peculiar, particular ideas about retconning and revisions. Um, and so, for example, in the original published version of The Hobbit, Bilbo's encounter with Gollum is very different because there's no ring. There is a ring, but it isn't the ring. It's just a ring that makes him invisible. So the entire encounter has a completely different tone. When he went on to come up with the story, the full story for Lord of the Rings, and like had an idea of the ring's import and what it did to people, he went back and revised that chapter. He made changes to like make that across. But like in his internal canon, this what his explanation for this was that the first version that he wrote 
that was that was part of the manuscript. Like that was the first version version that Bilbo laid down because he was he didn't want to let on. Like he was he was being deceptive about what the ring did. Ah. To him. And so the further versions are like someone else looking at the story and like this is this is the truth that like you know somebody else got later on. This was added on. See, they just go show. There's always something cooler you can do if you make a mistake. There are no mistakes. You can right. just yeah. find a, a cool way. So to yeah, make I it think work. that I think it. You can retcon a character's backstory, but don't call it a retcon. Don't don't call it just, oh, we'll just change this and pretend like that never happened. Use you it. can find a way, yeah, if you can find a way to use it, still make the changes that you want to make, but utilize it and, you know, utilize that past in such a way that, I mean, it's the same thing that, that Grant did. He says, oh, well, this is the lie that Baron tells people. It's perfect. It's the same it's it's the yeah. same thing. Yeah. It's great. And the look on all of your faces when I finished Grant's story, it was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did I do? I, yeah. I think yeah. that that was, unless I'm mistaken, I mean, it's been a, a few months, but that I think that was the most shocking of that string of backstories that we got. I yeah. was definitely like, Sheriff what? Sheriff yeah. murder his parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and stole the gun. Also, yeah. like- you got to know that, like, Baron's constantly thinking about the woman he was in love with and that chose right. a comfortable life and, and whatever else she had over him. Like, that's... There's a sadness within... There is. Mr. Yeah. Ashpeak, Red Heart. And then Ingrid died. So he'll be alone forever. Well, she was cast by Rachel Dracht, so I'm not that upset about her dying, to be honest with you. <laughs> I love awesome. Rachel Dracht. I love her, but I'm not romantically in love with her. Also, <laughs> Baron's going to die pretty soon anyway, so he won't, he won't you know, won't be forever. <laughs> hey, you know what? Don't despair because Grant's backup character is awesome. <laughs> Who, uh, so why don't you good. tell us about that? Who's Grant's backup character? <laughs> What's the story? You'll find out. It's going to be uh, uh, three and a half weeks. By <laughs> <laughs> my way. To, to tie it all together, though, um, one thing is that we have been talking more about that and, and certain things and maybe not necessarily backstory, but I actually know precisely how I want that character to enter if they do and and i have all these things working in my head and i've told troy this but he hasn't responded he's just like yeah that's cool and so like i know he's gonna do something he's, <laughs> he's also working things yeah. yeah yeah so i i i as a player am as forthcoming as i can be with troy and then i trust him uh to 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 make the the most interesting choice from there but hopefully uh, a, a lot of what i threw out there and, and we're still talking about it but will end up in there. It's so good. You know, another thing that you can do that uh, Troy, I know, does, and I've done it before in the past, too, if you want to consult your player because you think something is really either important or you're not sure your choice, you're not uh, 100% sold on, is ask questions of the player with no context. Yeah. I'll just get, I don't know about you guys, I just get random texts from Troy, like, uh, you know, this is the other thing, I don't want to give anything away, but it's just like you get these questions out of nowhere, and you're like, well, I know he's talking about the, the show and my character, but like, I, I don't know what he's going to use this for. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, answer as honestly as possible. Right, right. But it, it, he doesn't put it in such a way that's like, I'm thinking about doing this or changing this, or why don't we talk about doing this with your character? Instead, it's just a question out of nowhere. And if you do that as a GM, you might be able to still really surprise uh, your player, but also get enough information that you're more confident in making the right choice if you're unsure. Yeah, he surprises me all the time. I mean, just a couple of days ago, he texted me just simple questions like, where do babies come from? And I'm like, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, Like, I got to go through this whole process. <laughs> he came over and gave me the full run. I told him, I tried to lay it out as best I could. I'm no expert myself. V visual aids. Yeah, it was very nice. Yeah. Here's a hint. It doesn't come from tentacle porn. That's not where they come from. No, no. We well, then, Skid, you lied to me. Common, common misconception. <laughs>
Um, you know, and also this uh, you can use NPCs to uh, further things along. It doesn't always have to be you know you find a, a rune or a book like a that. created NPC or NPCs that are in the AP you're playing. Created NPCs. Okay. Skelt. The, this episode was a perfect example of like just oh you need a hat. All right, uh, here's Roy the Hat Maker. <laughs> and uh, oh you got to go look at the uh, archives. Well here's this. Uh, <laughs> Shrewd librarian. <laughs> I've been turning over the revelations of Roy the Hatmaker in my mind. You got to go, go back to him. He was fun. I, like I feel guy. like he's the Tom exposition of that town. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he sounds just like him. He could be his brother. He's but also I, the captain of the guard. I love that. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> I love that like in Adventure Paths where you're like you need to disseminate information and there's just they give you nothing. They're like, all right, you go they they go to town, they can gather uh, gather information with a diplomacy check. I hate just like, all right, roll your diplomacy. Just roll the natural 20, by the way. Um, <laughs> On old neon green. And then uh, you roll, all right, well, it took four hours and you find out this. I'd rather be like, you guys want to check into a hotel or a bar or something like that? All right, so you're at the bar, roll a perception check. You see a guy that looks a little, uh, and then have a conversation with him and see what you get out of him. You might get <laughs> a little more than you bargained for, but you're going to get the information and maybe, and then some that might connect more to what you're doing. There's so many different ways you can tie in uh, characters' backstories. If you're not doing it already you're a lazy gm <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i i think that that's a good point and i think that it's also as skid said earlier and we'll we'll wrap up on this it's also the responsibility of the player to come to the table with something that can be changed or at least that is open to insert a lot of new material yeah because like as we said earlier if you write everything down to the T doesn't give you anywhere to go. And, and that's not even just for your GM. It's also for you. As you play, as you roll dice, as you get into these situations, you, your character is going to be revealed through gameplay. And to be able to explain some of those reveals through backstory later, it, it gives you a more grounded feel, a more three-dimensional feel of your character. Yeah, like Lork's curse basically coming out of your shitty rolling. Ex- exactly. Right. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> I didn't come to you and say, I have this idea of a militia half-orc with a curse. Right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that, wasn't yeah. any, that was many, 60-some episodes in. Yeah. And you know, if you're a player, you, sh- you can come to the table with an index card and have it written on there, what is your like ultimate life goal? What do you want to do in the next few months? And what do you want to do today? And then when you sit down to play that session... Try and activate those goals while you play. It's just going to give the GM and the other players at the table so much more to work with. Don't just show up and be like, all right, GM, dance for me. Really get engaged and know what you want. Mm-hmm. Like, a, you know, we always liken it to acting, but that's what role playing is. And this is a mechanic in the burning wheel system, which I've mentioned multiple times, which I really, really enjoy. It They put down a belief system. You have to have three beliefs. And yes. those three beliefs, and they give you some context as to how far reaching they should be. And they're very similar to that. Long term goals, medium term goals, short term goals. It, it's a mechanical way to make your character much more realistic to you and give you a way to make those tough decisions when you're in the game. A tough role playing decisions. If you have already drawn out some overarching beliefs, that can be a, a much easier and quicker way to make those make those choices. Well, that's all we have for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, it's a short one, and I hope you don't mind us going straight to the listener mail. But, I mean, I could talk about this all night, just creating characters and how backstories can change and manipulate throughout a pre-written AP. I think that there's a, a lot of uh, – and, and just to, to real quick what you said, Troy, about the APs and how they're written, and they're just – they don't put much in there. That's what they're doing. That's the point. Right. It's giving you the ability to populate it however you would like. 
please, as always, write us at listenermail at glasscannonpodcast.com with your questions, and we will see you guys in just a few days, episode 138, where we... I gotta talk to this lady. (laughs) This is crazy news. She did not know who you were. No, well, uh, things have changed. Well, congrats, it's a girl. (laughs) It's a girl! Oh, hey! (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.